The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everybody, uh, Tim here before the episode. Um, so just to let you know, we recorded on Monday evening, and as I was putting the episode together, we got word that um, Alex Collins, the former running back for the Baltimore Ravens, had passed away. Uh, the Ravens released a statement um, saying, you know, I'm sure you've seen it by now. With heavy hearts, we mourn the passing of Alex Collins, always quick to greet everyone with a smile. He was gen- a genuinely kind person. Who carried a special joy and passion wherever he went. May Alex always be remembered for the light and love he brought to so many people in his life. Um, a player that obviously we all remember. Um, you know, the <laughs> the iconic river dance celebrations, the Irish dance celebrations when he scored. But um, incredibly sad news. And I just want to let everybody know the, the reason that we don't cover it on this episode is because we had wrapped everything. Um, by the time this had just it had come out right as we were in the editing process so um you know may he rest in peace and and thoughts and prayers to his entire group of family and friends but uh you know with that no real way to transition here but hope you enjoy the latest episode of pod like a raven the ravens played a football game 24 and 0 the streak continues another co-host out west this week on pod like a raven Yeah, I'm going to save the, the West part for, for another minute. But the Ravens, 24-0. They may never lose another preseason football game again. I am Antonio Barbera. Excited to talk Ravens with my co-hosts. Both on the East Coast. Starting with Tim Horsey. Tim, we finally got to watch Ravens in pads, hitting people, making plays. Just barely enough plays. How did it feel watching some Raven football, even though it was preseason? Yeah, it, it felt pretty good. Um, I will say, in my in my new uh, setup, there are multiple screens, and by the second half, it moved the game did move over to a big screen, but definitely a secondary screen. I wouldn't say it was on the main television, um, but it was still good to see the the Ravens uh, out there, kind of doing their thing. And again, the best team in the NFL when the games don't matter. So that's cool to see, I guess. And Jay Sevens. Football, Ravens, points, a win. How did it feel? Uh, it felt good. It's always a little surreal um, watching preseason football because, you know, it, it's like... Because it sucks? Yeah, it's semblances of things you like. The colors are the same. The uniforms are there. There's even players we know will play on Sundays that we'll get into. You know, your Brandon Stevenses, these kinds of guys. And you're watching them and you're like, oh, this is interesting. And then you're just like watching Anthony Brown throw a pick six with a lead in the fourth quarter, and you're like, what am I doing here? Why am I watching this? Uh, but that being said, I still enjoyed it. I was glad they got the win, uh, even though, uh, you know, it's... I wouldn't mind a loss, just so it's just something that no one can talk... Like, we don't have to talk about it ever again. I mean, this has been going on since 2015 now, which is 
surreal, strange, or haven't lost since 2015. It's very odd. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Um, so I wouldn't mind if they lost a preseason game, frankly. But uh, yeah, another win. It was uh, it was interesting. There's there's actually, I think, a decent bit to talk about, uh, given how few actual big names we saw take the field. Part of me wants them to just win out until preseason games don't exist anymore, which I maintain <laughs> is only three or four years away. But that's going to be hard to do. So I kind of want them now to just lose, actually, so we can stop <laughs> talking about this and focus more about the important things of a preseason game, which are not winning. But that's John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, <laughs> especially against the Eagles, where I think he, even in a preseason game, uh, with his background, likes to, likes uh, a win better than a loss. And it seemed like he was pretty excited at certain points of that game, getting touchdowns in certain spots, points in certain spots, even though it was preseason. Um, yes, so, a couple of things to go over before we get to the actual game. My voice will probably be gone by 30 minutes uh, into this episode. Had a bachelor party for a friend of mine. You know, it's, it's gonna happen. Uh, and I was out in Boulder, Colorado for it and am continuing some travels uh, after this trip. Doing a little driving with my guy, Jared Alexander. A little shout out. Shout out. If he listens to the podcast while with me, so that'll be that'll be a challenge, but I'll see if he listens to it. Uh, and we're just driving around the West, man. Getting lost out West. Currently in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, hitting the Grand Canyon, uh, Jackson, Wyoming, going out to the Pacific Northwest, hitting some spots. So, you know, we'll see how I do this episode. And then when we come back next week, I'm still going to just be out and about. So compare my energy level today to the next episode that we have, because I'll probably sound uh, a little bit deceased. But it's pod like a raven. we got to give the good raven news to the people. And, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing today. So... Let's talk about Ravens-Eagles 2019 win. Some good, some bad, some ugly. Throwback to to a segment that we did a couple of years ago. More fitting to do in a preseason game. Um, Tim, I know you have some winners. You got some losers. Uh, We may also jump in with uh, some of our own thoughts. But why don't we start with you with winners uh, from the preseason game. Yeah, I'll kind of just run through all the people that I put in here and then Take it however you guys want. Um, I'll start with Malik Harrison. I thought with the injury to Trenton Simpson, the the rookie out of Clemson who wasn't able to play, um, Malik Harrison kind of showed the, hey, I'm still here candidate. You know, I think obviously the Roquan Smith and uh, Patrick Queen combo in the interior of that linebacking core is pretty solid for this season. But beyond this season, we all kind of expect Patrick Queen to not be there. And I thought Malik Harrison made some plays, flashed a little bit as well. Um, you know, and again, he's going to have to beat out a, I, I don't know if I'd say highly touted. A lot of people thought it was a controversial pick, but a talented player in Trenton Simpson, the rookie out of Clemson, who very much more fits that Patrick Queen mold of a smaller speed type of linebacker next to Roquan Smith. I think Malik Harrison made a statement um, there. I think Daniel Falele as well. Uh, the right tackle. He played every snap between left tackle and right tackle. He looked leaner. He looked fitter. Um, you know, offensive line and defensive line is stuff that I love to watch, but I will wholeheartedly admit I am no expert in it. So I go to Brandon Thorne at Brandon Thorne NFL, who is one of the preeminent lineman guys on Twitter. He's one of the people that actual retired offensive linemen credit when they look at stuff. So if the actual former pros are saying he's got good stuff, I tend to trust that too. Uh, this is a tweet from him. He said, quote, thought Falele looked good for the Ravens, played 100% of the snaps, split between left tackle, right tackle. He looked better at right tackle. 
same good initial quicks at 380 pounds that he had in college, but showed improved patience and weight distribution as well. And Cole Jackson, a Ravens fan who also studies line stuff that we've talked about on this show before, said the punch timing too, I thought was really good. So, Falele, a guy that I think ideally won't be playing um, as a starting tackle for this team if everything works out. You know, I think Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley are two pretty good bookends there. But nice to see, one, a guy who can be a rotational tackle because those guys don't play every snap. And, two, a guy that in the future, you drafted him for the future. Morgan Moses is obviously a, a, a veteran, and you would expect – in the future, they try and replace him. Filele could be a guy that steps in there, not somebody you have to replace. I thought was interesting, too. Um, and then I'll just do a couple more here. Um, I think Zay Flowers popped in the brief time that he had, just showing that quickness and that elusiveness. And as somebody said, that old-school Chris Berman, whoop, that we're going to see from him uh, a lot, which I love. Shout-out Kaibu Kelly for just being all over the promotional material <laughs> for this game, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, I also put on here Us. Because it was revealed that Malisala Aomave Lalu is just nicknamed Sala, the left guard uh, rookie out of Oregon who was fighting for some some reps. Apparently, he's just nicknamed Sala, so we could just call him that. And then I'll leave this with you, Jace. I'll just throw this one to you. Another winner, I thought, was Tyler Huntley uh, coming in and winning the game for the Ravens. Yeah, I, I thought Huntley looked decidedly better than Josh Johnson in this game. Josh Johnson, you know, gets the start plays the entire first half. Um, Several, multiple moments of Josh Johnson tapping his chest and seemingly saying, my bad, uh, which is not what you want from your starting quarterback. Uh, But when Huntley got in the game, you know, they moved the ball. They scored that touchdown right out of halftime. That was more or less the difference in the whole game. Uh, And, um, yeah, they just moved the ball well on, on his drives. Of course, he suffers a hamstring injury that they are being cautious with. So likely we'll not see him against Washington. Um, so maybe that reopens the door just slightly for Josh Johnson. But per, you know, the reporters on the scene, Huntley's been more consistent in camp. And, you know, I, I got the I get bringing in Josh Johnson. I'm sure they're going to try to keep him around as a third quarterback. But even with how much we know of Tyler Huntley's limitations and as much as we want to forget that play against Cincinnati, I still think he is the best possible backup quarterback they have given you know the amount of money they're spending on him and yeah he's more expensive than josh johnson i'm sure but if you're gonna have a backup i think this is the guy and yes we know his limitations but i think he proved albeit in a preseason game he's still the guy who should be qb2 for this team i'll go through a few names uh, that i liked and then we'll keep kind of spinning around here Tylen Wallace uh, would have to be a winner uh, from this past weekend because for the very fact that he caught a pass in the end zone, uh, (laughs) he does the special team stuff. If he does anything, if he demonstrates anything offensively in the preseason, I feel like his stock has to be up. Um, It goes a bit in tandem with another player that we'll save for for a different (laughs) section of this uh, this show. Uh, And then another player that, according to Jeff Zerebeck, is on the bubble to make the the roster, but had as good of a presentation as he could have had. And that's Daryl Worley uh, with two sacks. And I'm going to credit him with a forced fumble. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's officially, was officially given to him uh, or not, but looked like, looked like it was him uh, punch, punching the ball out. Two sacks and a forced fumble from a guy, fringe player trying to make the roster is, is just about the most you can do uh, in limited 
playing time when you're when you're trying to scratch one of the last 53 spots. Um, and then I'm technically stealing this one from Tim, but I'll let Tim uh, elaborate on it if he would like to. It's Justin Tucker. He he's so he's so good. He not only makes long field goals that other kickers can't even attempt, but he hits them with precision and power. And they are, if you were doing playing Madden and doing the like precision kick, it'd be whatever maximum points you could get because it is at peak arc. It is exactly in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the uprights and as high as possible. And he knows it. And I like that he has confidence because that's what you need at that type of position. And uh, we are every year so blessed. Hashtag blessed. I mean, he's hitting it from 70, right? <laughs> like that, that kick is good from at least 65. It's funny you mentioned this one, too, because I did I did throw it in here. We should mention, oh, yeah, Justin Tucker's still good. I, I was watching this uh, with my girlfriend, Carly, and she kind of she knows it's preseason, and uh, she understands it's, like, mostly backups. You're not seeing Lamar Jackson. You're not seeing, you know, J.K. Dobbins, although, spoiler alert, he's back. That's funny. Um, and you're not you're not seeing the main guys, right? And we're, we're watching the game, and she, she's sitting downstairs watching with me, and Jake Elliott... The Eagles kicker misses his first field goal attempt. I believe it was his first field goal attempt. He missed. He missed one. Did he miss two? I can't. I can't remember what it was. He definitely missed at least one. But she she looks at me and she turns to me. And she goes, "So is that guy a backup too? Like, is that just the backup <laughs> kicker?" I'm like, "No, that's that's their normal kicker. They don't usually sign. You know, some teams maybe, but most teams still just have their starting kicker out in preseason because you really only carry one on the roster. You're not bringing another one unless." You have some sort of competition, or unless you're stealing a draft pick from the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> if you're the Baltimore Ravens, which is a joke, is a preseason in joke for the real hardcore fans. That turned into Marcus Peters, by the way. That was sweet. Um, I and it was just funny that moment of her being like, "That guy is actually a starter," and then Justin Tucker here, just cool, calm, collected from sixty, like it was nothing. It is um, is a pretty interesting, I guess, compare and contrast. I just. I think we should flip to the losers here, unless anybody else has anything on the winners. Jace, uh, Jace, you want to cut in? The only thing I wanted to add was when you mentioned flowers, uh, it intrigued me. Obviously, we talked about we weren't going to see a lot of uh, the Todd Munkin offense, or at least a very vanilla version. But just the fact that they like throw, and it didn't really work out. But that f- the first play they come out and they throw like a swing pass to your short, speedy guy. And I was like, ah, all the things we didn't do with Hollywood Brown <laughs> that we could have done uh, with other offensive coordinators. So that, that, that you know, I, I was pleased to see that. And he drew a few penalties too, um, which was nice. I believe he committed a penalty too that ended up uh, proving a little costly. But uh, yeah, um, j- just good to see him on the field. I, I don't really, this isn't really a winner or loser, but just kind of a concern. Gus Edwards played in this game, which a winner a was was me because I was excited to see him because I was like, oh, Gus Edwards. I love Gus Edwards. He's fun to watch. And then I was like, why is Gus Edwards in the game? I was like panicking. So I don't know if that's loser John Harbaugh, uh, winner for Gus. I don't know. It's kind of a weird middle ground. But that was that was uh, perhaps the most concerning thing that happened to me in this game was just why, why is that man in uniform? I love watching him play, and I still enjoyed his runs when he got the ball. He's great to watch, but I, I was... I was very scared. Just, that. just give every carry to Melvin Gordon and Mitchell. Like it just <laughs> seems like the right thing to do. But you know, we talked we talked a little bit about the winners with Tylen Wallace and Antonio teased a transition to losers, and I think we just need to get to it. Um, this is going to sound really mean, but I'm going to do it anyway. I am a winner for no longer having to talk about James Prochet. 
The James Prochet Award, I think, is probably gone. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned a guy like Tylen Wallace who does it on special teams. It's why he has a job here. It's why Justice Hill, who had another pretty decent game as a quote-unquote running back, um, you know, it's why he's still been on this team for years because he does it special teams-wise. Tylen Wallace does as well and then makes the touchdown catch. They put James Prochet on special teams and he muffed a punt and didn't do anything offensively. And for me, I think, and you know, there's no sense in trying to make – a light of, although I guess I just did a little bit, make too light of, uh, you know, somebody else's job. But it looks like that's probably the end for James Prochet, the former six-round pick out of SMU that, you know, we jokingly have an award here uh, for training camp guy that actually won't do it. It was the epitome of that la- uh, last – or on Saturday night, I should say. Um, you know, we, we talked about him, and the, kind, of, kind of the reason we made this award, if you're just listening, is – it, he was the king of the training camp social clip, and then even in preseason games wouldn't show up. And it was like, well, but in practice, he's really lighting it up. And it's like, okay, great. But, like, even in the games that don't matter, we don't see him. And he has, like, three catches for 15 yards or whatever it is. Um, I think, especially with the wide receiver talent uh, and the depth that is there in it, for the first time in a long time, it seems, it seems like James Prochet's uh, days are numbered as a Baltimore Raven and hopefully not an NFL player, but maybe an NFL player as well. Yeah. He seems like he needs a sort of guy that could benefit from a fresh start. I mean, on top of the muff pun, as you mentioned him, I mean, he had one catch for negative one yard that that's not what you're, that's not what you need, not what you want. If you're a player on the roster bubble, especially a veteran player, as you would qualify him to be. I mean, he, might still be on a rookie contract, I guess, but he's been here several years now. So uh, it kind of does feel like he—he's he, that certainly he didn't need that for his continued employment with the Ravens. But I agree with you; um, it would be absolutely stunning uh, if he's on the fifty-three man roster come kind of the end of August here. Yeah, I'd like to keep the award, uh, Tim. I just want to go back. That was the most – I thought I was going to be a loser here for a second in the winners and losers, that we are eliminating the James Prochet Award. Oh, no. no I no. want the award. The award must stay. James Prochet will probably go. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have said it. It's a shame. It is a shame. You never like to see it. You never want to see players just, like, not make it. Um, but he's had the chances. He's tried. And for the first time in several years, there's depth at this position. Um and he's just not gonna, not really gonna be able to grab one of the last spots. I don't think. Uh, other losers, guys, from uh, from this past weekend. I just want to say, you know, it's really bad. I can't remember w- last week on the show we did a new James Prochet Award with a different player, and we we combined the two. And I can't remember. We did like some the something Prochet Award uh, for you somebody. D- you know what it is? It's the Odafe Prochet Award. The Odafe <laughs> Prochet Award. The uh, okay, no, I completely forgot the Odafe Prochet Award. Maybe that becomes the new one. Who knows? Um, yeah, for me, I think let's just kind of talk about corner and edge together here. Um, I think it's obviously the two positions that the Ravens, the two glaring holes that need to be solved if this team wants to be a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. Um, you know, as of right now, it's it's uh, Marlon Humphrey and Rocky Sin, and then uh, the guy they signed from Washington. Apologies, I'm trying to find it. Arthur Mallet. Excuse me, Arthur Mallet to be the slot corner, and then that's kind of it behind them. Um, I and I thought with that, 
Brandon Stevens, who was supposed to be, if you don't remember, he was a running back. They drafted as a defensive back out of SMU, or he was a running back at UCLA. He went to SMU to be a defensive back. SMU guys really getting it in this in this show. <laughs> um, and it was kind of a questionable pick at the time, and everybody's like, I don't know. And then for me, in Brandon Stevens' rookie year, I thought he was really impressive as kind of a safety corner mix of kind of a guy you saw the potential there, right? Second season, not as good. Third season now, I am not confident in that guy being an every-down starter. You saw that the Ravens wanted to give him a long look. He was playing into the fourth quarter of the first preseason games just to see what they had with Brandon Stevens. He's probably more of an inside corner than an outside corner. The problem is they have Marlon Humphrey and Arthur Mallett, who are more slot corners anyway. Marlon obviously could play everywhere, but... If you're going to move stuff around, you put him... If you have two good outside guys, you put Marlon inside and really lock up that slot corner position. It just looks really, really bleak. I just want to read this. It's a little bit long, and I apologize. But from Jeff Zarebeck, just kind of laying out the situation after the struggles of Brandon Stevens, by the way, against the Eagles. I, I thought he was bad. I just didn't think he had a, a really good showing out there. Here's just talking about the... If there's one injury on this cornerback de- uh, depth chart, there's going to be an issue. And by the way, there's already injuries. Quote, Trayvon Mullen is believed to be out for the season after having toe surgery. Rocky Sin, who is supposed to be the starter on the outside opposite Mullen Humphrey, has been sidelined with a knee injury. Arthur Mollett, a potential starter in the slot, has missed time with a hamstring issue. Second-year corners Jalen Armour Davis and Demarion Williams weren't healthy enough to play against the Eagles. And here's a little note from Jace that he put in here. Pepe Williams has had surgery on his ankle, and he will be out until at least early October. Uh, and veteran Daryl Worley, who Antonio mentioned before, who was very impressive, has also revealed he has not played a snap at cornerback <laughs> in this training camp. He has fully transitioned to a safety role uh, to, I assume, be the backup for uh, Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams. So already you're going into the season with two healthy corners? In Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey, and everybody else has some sort of injury, some sort of knock. Guys, like, John Mechie in week one is going to go for 150 against us. Like, it's going to be this every single week if they can't get it figured out. Because Marlon Humphrey, as good as he is, and I think he is a stellar cornerback, I think he's one of the top, uh, you know, top guys on the outside and the inside in the National Football League. He can only cover one dude. He can't do two. And I I just, I really worry about this. So, yeah, Brandon Stevens is kind of the nitpick for the loser in this preseason game. But overall, it just really emphasizes the struggles in the defensive backfield, specifically at cornerback for the Baltimore Ravens. And, and we've talked, touched on this, you know, throughout camp. But, uh, you know, this isn't the 2014 Ravens, uh, which we've brought up, a team we've brought up in the past uh had a miserable second uh, secondary, but we're bringing Elvis Dumerville and Terrell Suggs off the edge. I believe both those guys hit dozen sacks plus. Uh, these Ravens do not have that uh, going on, despite their their various flirtations with Jadavion Clowney and Kyle Van Noy. They've yet to yet to sign any of these guys. Um, I, I I agree with you, uh, Tim. Uh, um, Brandon Stevens is playing kind of jumped out to me as sort of disappointing in that first game, especially because he's one of, like, was one of, like, the guys who played where you're like, 
hey, they're actually relying on this guy versus like, yep. you know, almost yep. everyone else. Um, I can I sort of stealing one, but I mean, this is he was going to be on all our lists. I think we've touched on him. It's Ben Cleveland. Um, the fact that uh, we mentioned Salah, we mentioned Daniel Falele, um, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with this, especially the Salah uh, um, John Simpson battle. John Simpson gets the start. They bring in uh, Salah in the second quarter. Um, and Ben Cleveland, I believe, never sees time at left guard and just seems not in the mix for that. He, he gets put in at right guard to fill Kevin Zeidler's spot, who's obviously not going to play in the preseason. Um, and I was, was at first drive, right? Uh, I believe he gets absolutely dog walked by Jalen Carter, uh, gives up a near sack. Josh Johnson managed to throw it away, but it ended the drive. And look, Jalen Carter, some people thought he was good enough to maybe be the first overall pick. He, he was really talented. Some character concerns lured him. He's also, I believe, a former teammate of Ben Cleveland's at Georgia. Like, I think Carter was probably a freshman Cleveland's final season there. Uh, like, I think they were, I'm pretty sure they were on the team at the same time. It's just not what you want as a third-year guy struggling to make a roster spot to get absolutely whipped by a guy playing his literal first uh, defensive snaps, I believe. I believe that was his first snap. He just—I think it was his first snap. <laughs> completely, and he absolutely beat. owned him. Yeah. yeah. And so that was that was a bad look. That's—I mean, it's never a great look, you know, for any of these guys who commit penalties or just get beat that bad who are struggling for a spot. But like we said, he's seemingly not even in position to battle for the spot. Like he's just not in the equation to be the starting left guard. It's, it's at this point, it seems like it's going to be John Simpson or it's going to be Salah. It doesn't seem like they really know or have any clue they you know they they've kind of alternated who who who's been getting the first team reps it was simpson in the lead up to the game it was solid the first two weeks of camp um but yeah the fact that ben cleveland is just not in this mix and we've, we've like touched on it but uh you know he can be i think nothing but a loser for this category given he's not in that competition and then what he did when he was playing right guard Speaking of losers, um, I just want to mention a couple teams I think are losers. The Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans again, the Indianapolis Colts, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Atlanta Falcons, who all inexplicably let Jalen Carter fall to the Philadelphia Eagles at the ninth overall selection. What are we doing? That guy was like, oh, well, I don't know. He might not motivate it. And I know there was the the issues with, um, you know, obviously – the unfortunate incident, uh, tragic incident, really, of, of someone passing away because of, I believe it was street racing or, or whatever it was. But, man, just on the field, that guy, you know, he dominated Ben Cleveland. And it was like, okay, you know, at this moment, we all loved Ben Cleveland when he got drafted because it was like this massive dude we thought was just going to be solid in the inside of the offensive line for years to come. But that's obviously not the case. He dominates with one play, and it's like, okay, fine. But they... Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are back on the same team. We we let this happen where they're on the same team. The Ravens almost had Jordan Davis. They were a Eagles trading up away from getting Jordan Davis uh, in last year's draft. And now those two who dominated the defensive line for the Georgia Bulldogs are back. That's just that's just bad. But I agree with you. I mean, look, the fact that Cleveland it was not even in the conversation in this game between Salah and John Simpson for the left guard position tells you he's fighting for a backup spot, but you know, more realistically, he's fighting for a roster spot for this Ravens team. And it just, it wasn't a good look. I I just enjoy the term 
dog walked. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not familiar. Is this what the cool, the hip kids say, Jace? I've never heard it, but I, I get it visually. Uh, yeah. That is what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I go to Jace for all my cool hip. I don't know that it's saying. it's yeah. the newest expression in the world. <laughs> uh, uh, it's I'll not going to end. I'll try to end with a little bit of a uh, little bit of optimism, uh, as I as I often do for this this dumb team, uh, and it's the Brandon Stevens thing. I I agree with everything that was said. Um, didn't look good. However, if there is ever a type of player that I do want to see playing in preseason games, it's exactly this type of guy. And I'm gonna you know O's O's in first place. Um, I'm gonna pivot to a baseball uh, metaphor here. There are some players who, when the talent is there, but maybe the technique isn't quite there, the development isn't quite there, they get called up anyway because they just need ABs. Give them at bats, let them work it out. Uh, they had Gunnar Henderson for the O's, uh, for, for U.S. fans out there. For the first two months of the year, he was essentially overmatched and was hitting like 180, 190 for long stretches. Did they send him, send him down? No. They let him keep getting ABs and then... After a while, things started to turn around, turn around, turn around, and he got hot, and now he's, you know, going to be a five-time MVP uh, award winner for the, for the O's. Brandon Stevens is not the same uh, caliber talent as Gunnar Henderson. However, he is learning a new position at an unbelievably high level. So maybe he is the guy that needs to be playing four quarters of preseason games, get torched four out of five times, and then by the third preseason game, he's getting torched two out of five times, and then by week four, he's making mistakes one out of five times, and then that's how you complete the development of this player. They obviously believe in him. So work work out the kinks in August uh, and see if you can improve and find things and, you know, got to look at the tape sometimes. You got to go back and you got to look at the tape and, and see where you can improve, but obviously uh, a struggle uh, in, the first, in the first game for him this year. Uh, okay. Let's turn now, or actually, any other any other players you guys want to cover before we turn away from here? Um, no, I mean, outside of a, a couple small little nicks and, and things like that, doesn't seem like any major injuries, which I think is nice. Um, and that's really all you can hope for in, in, in the first preseason game, the second preseason game, and the third preseason game. Let's turn to our trivia game, where Jace is up this week, giving us a box score, clue by clue, uh, until we are able to guess who this player is. Jace, who do you have for us this week? So, we'll dive in. Our first clue, uh, this player rushed for over 100 yards in a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. I, hmm, I'm not going to do it now. Like, <laughs> I have a guess. I'm just, I'm just going ass- to it. I'm going to assume it's somebody completely <laughs> random here. But Clue number two. The 119-yard performance came on 26 attempts in this player's first career start. Now I only have one name in my head, and I'm not sure that it's actually this person. Not great. Antonio, a third um, I'm so I, I'm so angry. No, no, go. I'll, I'll, go ahead. Just go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so number three, this performance did not come in week one, however. This first round pick's first start came in week 11. Oh, oh. I'm glad I didn't guess uh, the, the previous rounds. 
Yeah, I'll just say it now. I was going to go for Javorius Buck Allen, and it's definitely not him because he's not a first-round pick. I was going to say J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, okay, <laughs> thought we were, not him thought we were going on theme here, Chase, with uh, <laughs> with some news to come. Um, okay. It's just when there's I'm, no year, it's so you, yeah. The the placing it is is so difficult. Who for? Yeah, yeah, go for it because I don't. I want to be still in the game. I always, I always eliminate myself too early in this game. I think it's the end. He's since eclipsed 119 yards on the ground four times and matched it once. And he played for the Ravens. Oh, uh, but maybe sounds... he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't drafted by the Ravens. No, he definitely. Time. I mean, he definitely uh, wasn't. We can talk to this together. No, he was drafted by like... the Ravens. I'll give you that. He's a Ravens draft oh. pick. Ravens first round draft pick. First round. It sounds like a Trent Richardson stat line. Like, <laughs> first-round pick who ended up being a dud. Oh, man. I mean, Antonio, unless you have something, let's go number five. I'm I'm blanking here. I have – wait a minute. I have – is – Jace, are you smiling over there because you're doing a little trick? Are you playing a, playing a trick on us? Because I, be I have a it thought. Might be, it might be a receiver that – or uh, – I'm going to say some – I'm going to guess. I'm in. I'm in. Tap, tap it in. Yeah. Is this Lamar Jackson? It is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Clue number five in this 2018 game. He also completed 13 and 19 passes for 150 yards and a 24-21 Ooh. win. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Animal. <laughs> uh, Very uh, good. Very good. I, I didn't want to wow. make it too obvious because, uh, Damn you it. know, it's like he's the best player on the team. <laughs> no, it's very smart. See, I, 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 had, a, I had a thought of, like, this might have been a receiver that had like a crazy, you know, get, got a couple end arounds or something day. But then when you said that he has done this at least four times, I was like, oh, well, that's, see, that can't be right. I, I was, uh, I didn't know if the first round pick would give it away too much because I was trying to think. I was like, how many? Well, clearly not. How many? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, I was like, Jam- I was like, maybe Jamal, Jamal, but he, <laughs> that's the only other running back I could think of. That's the only, first. that's the only running back they drafted in the first round, right? Is Jamal I Lewis. Because so, that's yeah. where I got, that's where where I got stuck because Ray Rice was a second round pick so um yeah Lamar Jackson he uh he he went for 100 yards against the Bengals at his first start uh and his career high is also against the Bengals in a different game (laughs) uh that that, the he is Houdini game no a different (laughs) the first time I played the Bengals Uh, um, he's done it. I think he's rushed for a hundred against them like three or four different times now. He's uh, oh, he's done it a handful God. of times. Uh, I would just like to say that I have now officially I'm tied with Jace in this game. So um, yes. I, I'm, I'm I'm peaking. I'm peaking right now. Uh, okay, let's turn now to Raven news. They're a little bit different uh, this week with the Ravens news uh, on the back end, but. Some things have happened. Some player news, some former player news, and maybe some new player news. Um, let's start with the current player. We, we've talked about it a little bit already. The J.K. Dobbins saga is over? As quietly as it started? It's very confusing, but uh, activated off the PUP list uh, today, uh, Monday, today as we record, and took part in the Ravens' light practice. Um, I mean, I have some thoughts, but I'll let my co-host go first with this question. Why? What? <laughs> what? And how? 
They're all great questions, Antonio. I don't know that I have the answers to them. He still didn't do 100% of the practice, but it was most of it. They had a light practice, but some of the team stuff I was reading, he didn't take part in. It wasn't really 100% clear what he did and didn't do. According to our good friend John Harbaugh, though, he's, quote, 100% healthy. Uh, And then this is, I mean, you know, I just... Talk about all-time John Harbaugh quotes. This one just had me rolling today. I want to read it. He, uh, this is via Jameson Hensley's ESPN piece. Uh, asked why Dobbins returned Monday, Harbaugh said, I think it just worked out for whatever reasons it worked out. I'm just trying not to look at it too deeply and being grateful. <laughs> uh, that is, he's, he's parodying himself when he said that's like end of the bar talk. That quote is an end of the bar quote. <laughs> Not gonna just. I'm just gonna be grateful, just thankful that we did. I don't know what happened. He's the head um, coach. The the only thing I can think, and this is just me speaking, is is just like I don't know. He he saw a preseason game where like guys did things and Gus Edwards looked good and Keaton Mitchell had a few exciting plays, including a touchdown that was called back by a a blatant hold. Uh, it was a deserved penalty. <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, and, and, you know, Melvin Gordon looked okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's was worried about that. Like, why why come back at all if you're doing a hold-in? I, I don't really get that. Um, I don't think they're going to play him regardless. So, I, like, in preseason games. Not Washington, games, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely not there where he suffered his bad knee injury. So that's what I, I just, I don't understand any of it really. It's like. Just sit out the whole preseason, or just play, just practice the whole time. I don't know what doing this just miss two and a half weeks in one preseason game does for you. Um, but yeah, he's back, I guess. Sort of, it's good. It's better than this dragging into, um, you know, into the season or closer towards the season. I'm sure it's going to be, uh, uh, you know. A circus whenever he does media availability next or if he does it at all anytime soon uh that'll be interesting but yeah i don't know it's weird he's back that's i guess the good news i it's preferred to not him not practicing but yeah i can't say i understand sort of why this is happening now and why it happened at all really um well i'll do two things on this the Jeff Zarebeck article about this, which I think is hilarious. You know, The Athletic is very, very good. You should subscribe to it if you like sports. It's it's a nominal fee for very good sports writing. Uh, not as good as USA Today, Jace, don't worry. Uh, but if one of the main li- – or one of the sub-headlines within his article about J.K. Dobbins just says, quote, it isn't clear what Dobbins got out of perceived holding. <laughs> You're right. It isn't clear. Nobody has any idea what you got. Out of this perceived hold-in. Um, I think, too, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of any of this because in a week's time, you know, maybe he, he's got a little angel on his shoulder, right? Which is, like, his footballing morality <laughs> or, like, the desire to play. The, the thing that got him here, right, as a, as a professional athlete, that drive to be successful. And on the other shoulder is Zach Hiller, who is his agent. <laughs> And also the agent of Dalvin Cook. And as I just realized doing a quick Twitter search, or X or whatever the hell it's called now, uh, Zay Flowers' agent, which is super depressing. I did not know that until right now. Um, And just saying, you should hold out for the money because you're great, even though you played only in nine games last season in your only second active year in the National Football League. 
And maybe maybe the left shoulder won out this time for a little bit. But then in a week later, Zach Killer could be back and say, you should hold in again. You should hold in right before the season starts and just hold in again and stop practicing and stop doing this. I don't know what to make of any of this. I, you know, Let's just see in week one. When they come out against the Texans, I want 27 in the backfield. Do I have any confidence that he will be there at this moment in time? Not really, no. That's such a great final point, Tim. First of all, he hasn't even, right, we haven't actually seen him do a full practice. Uh, <laughs> second of all, tomorrow might not be there, and we will have no idea for what reason. Um, it's a good thing, in theory, at the moment. It's a step in the right direction toward getting a very talented football player on the field to help out uh, a team and, and, a, and a, a new offense, so to speak. Um I cannot wait until we're in September and we start hearing that he's on like a carry limitation and he can only get five to ten carries in the first month of the year and then build off of that. And it's going to annoy me. But for right now, uh, a step in the right direction for J.K. Dobbins and the Ravens. The next story, just bizarre. Um, maybe not not shocking uh, as the world goes, but uh, a long story in the making or a long time in the making with revelations coming out tim michael orr uh with some thoughts about his family and football playing early in his life and career yeah i don't i don't have a ton to say about this because frankly if any of this is true it's just really sad um but you know obviously we all know michael orr for the the false start king for the baltimore ravens (laughs) um at left and right tackle over the years and i kid but more famously known to a wider audience uh, as the subject of the movie The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock. By the way, pretty sure Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for that she movie. She did. I read that today, yes. For Best Actress. That is obscene. I'm not a, like a big movie. Not a big movie person. Saw Oppenheimer on Sunday, by the way. Banger of a film. I don't need to be the one to tell you that. Uh, but that movie was fine, even as like the guy who was the prime audience for it football (laughs) fanatic and also ravens fan who sure could have convinced myself to like old miss like that i was the guy for that movie and i thought it was okay but um yeah anyway it it, it came out today that uh and i'm just gonna read from the article at espn here michael orr whose supposed adoption out of grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie the blind side petitioned in a tennessee court monday with allegations essentially that the adoption wasn't real. Instead, less than three months after Orr turned 18 in 2004, the petition says the couple uh, the couple that adopted him, the, the Tui family, I believe, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, tricked him into signing a document making them his con- con- conservators, excuse me, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. Clearly, I'm not good with the legalese. Um, really gross sad and also sad not surprising story coming out of the south and the football culture that is there um you know i hope everything gets resolved i hope you know i i'm, I'm assuming michael Orr's doing pretty well for himself he had a very long and successful career in the national football league but an odd story and and something that you know, it's a little bit weirder because we all were, it was it was so public facing, especially with the movie being made about it, to kind of turn around and see the whole thing was a lie was just, 
it was a little bit jarring, and, and for a former first-round pick for the Ravens, I just figured it was something we, you know, should bring up at the very least. Yeah, it's definitely worth reading the, reading the whole the whole ESPN piece, I would say. Uh, it's pretty easy to find. Um, a lot of interesting stuff, as Tim said, sad, uh, you know, see how it plays out. But uh, assuming everything he kind of alleges is true, you hope he kind of gets, you know, some money that's seemingly owed to him from that movie, um, especially, and, and that sort of thing. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd suggest reading it. It's it's really really interesting. It's pretty pretty long piece, but I, I read the whole thing this afternoon. It was kind of one of those, what when it crosses your timeline and you you read the whole thing sort of thing. So yeah, I hadn't thought about Michael Hoare uh, in a long time, but uh, this was certainly uh, was kind of wild to see. Oh man, they just put up to it. I'm, I'm scrolling through the Michael uh, the Michael Hoare piece on ESPN. Um, and there is a picture of him hugging uh, the wife. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember what her actual oh, Leanne Tui. Leanne Tui. Um, when he got drafted as a first round pick for the Ravens, so he's up on stage. Obviously, he probably did the whole thing with Goodell, but then hugging her on stage too. And hindsight's twenty twenty, and knowing what we know now, or allegedly what we know now, what have you, he looks incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and look that. There's a reason they put this picture in because they saw it and they said this is going to help emphasize our story and what have you. But it just gives you the heebie-jeebies in kind of the worst way possible. So, you know, hopefully it all gets resolved and like Jay so eloquently put that he kind of gets what he is owed. Elsewhere, back to Raven active players or new players. Um, We know that they need help uh, in the (laughs) secondary and... They immediately made some moves after their game in the secondary. Uh, so they have officially claimed Tay Hayes off waivers. Um, he was waived by the Lions, played in seven games last season between Carolina and New England. Not a starter, not that type level player. Um, maybe not even a backup uh, <laughs> by the time we get to week one, but clearly this is a team aware of its need for depth uh, at the position. So that was one player. And then, Jace, another defensive back potentially uh, added, kind of still waiting for maybe the official word, or has that come through? Um, I haven't had Twitter up, so I haven't seen if all your normal newsbreakers have been reporting this, your Schefters or your Rappaports. But uh, according to the Chicago Tribune's uh, Brad Biggs, who's, according to his Twitter bio, has covered the Bears since 2001, so he's pretty plugged in with them. He's, he, he reported the Ravens are signing ex-Bear and what he termed special teams ace, which cracked me up, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, he was one of the three defensive backs uh, the Ravens worked out today, Monday, as we record. Um, so they're reportedly signing him. Uh, he's played the last seven years with the Bears, uh, which I can't say. I, I you know Don't watch the Bears a ton, um, but, you know, they're on national TV enough, so I catch them here and there. But... Uh, yeah, this guy seemed like mostly special teams, has definitely played more defensive back the last few years. Looks like he, uh, according to you know, his pro football reference page, he's got, a, I believe, a pick each of the last three years, and it seems like he's played more and more defense uh, in addition to whatever special teams work he was doing the last few years, a few starts last year and the year before. Um, yeah, veteran depth. <laughs> I'm sure it pleases John Harbaugh. He's apparently great at special teams. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't say I know the player, but um, makes sense. You know, guy with experience, guy, uh, veteran guy can probably pick up on stuff pretty quick if he's been around 
for that long. And yeah, being a special teams guy certainly never hurts when you're trying to play for a John Harbaugh team. So if any of these guys they just sign stick around, maybe he does. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I, I, we've we've talked. You know, it, it's it's that thing where. It's like a sort of a double-edged sword, I guess, where you're like, we need more depth. And then you look around at the depth that's available, you know, mid-August before the NFL season. And you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> none of these are Pro Bowl players, really. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they find cohesion as a unit because you're certainly not pulling a lot of Pro Bowlers this time of year. <laughs> Right. Are they bodies that you need in camp to be <laughs> okay. able to actually run practices or are they actually going to be yeah, on the team? That's, what, that's part of what you wonder if you're just like, is this how they just get through the next two weeks of, of preseason games? Uh, especially, I believe it's only a five-day break between their next game and the third game. So, uh, yeah, could just truly just be camp bodies, especially with Pepe out and... You know, we mentioned Jalen Armour Davis is hurt again. Supposedly close. John Harbaugh had some some very annoying quotes. I don't know if we mentioned those at all. Uh, but he said, uh, of Jalen Armour Davis, he said, he is real close. And then of Rock Yassin, he said, not as close as Jalen, but still close. Thanks, John. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> Football season is back. I mean, I can, I can almost say with 100% certainty that I will be bringing back John Harbaugh quotes as a segment <laughs> once we get to uh, the, start of, the start of the regular season because it is the gift, that, that keep, the frustration <laughs> that keeps on giving. Uh, last bit of news that happened after we recorded last week, so we'll talk about it briefly. Broderick Washington signed to a long-term extension, a player that we've all liked, a player that's gotten better seemingly every year, potentially a guy that could take the leap uh, on the defensive line, and the Ravens, smart as always, making the deal now, and then seeing how he does uh, this season as opposed to maybe waiting uh, until that value would go significantly higher. Three years, $15.75 million in new money. Guys, any thoughts on this extension? Yeah, I think it's a good move. I think, you know, it's the Ravens. And this has been, you know, maybe maybe we're just giving them too much credit for stuff that happened a long time ago as well. But they've been very, like, New England patri- Patriots-y in the, we're not going to sign guys past their expiration date, or we're not going to sign guys that are, you know, coming into the big payday, right? They're willing to let go of dudes at the, at the right moment. I don't know why I always think of Ed Hartwell, but that's, like, the first <laughs> example as a little kid, I remember, like, oh, my God, they're getting rid of Ed Hartwell in this 3-4 defense next to Ray Lewis? Whatever will they do? Ed Hartwell signs with the Atlanta Falcons for an obscene amount of money in that time and never does anything again. And the Ravens have this, you know, this this track record of being able to evaluate when a guy is really good in their system or when the guy is really good. I think they're betting on Broderick Washington being really good and being, and when I say that, at least a valuable piece on a formidable defense uh, on the, along that defensive line. And, you know, Jace brings up the point that Travis Jones was the only uh, defensive lineman that was signed past this season, so they clearly just had to get bodies in. Um, I like Washington. Uh, all things out of camp, he is not even a joke in the best shape of his life. Um, where he's just getting, getting stronger and stronger and leaner and leaner, which is nice to see. Um, and all I can really say – to add on to that is I hope Justin Matabuke is next because <laughs> I, that guy I've I've hitched my wagon to him already and I just need him to stay on the Ravens for a long time and we'll see what happens there. I, I was literally going to say to him I think we joked in our, our, our group chat when this happened that uh, 
we lo- we all like the move because we like Broderick Washington, and I think the only thing we wished is that uh, this was just about to be good. They were extending because, uh, but he will be more expensive, right? And he probably knows that. He probably knows he can ball out and get a big contract from someone. So I can't say I blame him for for waiting. Uh, Broderick Washington, you know, I I, I see why he would want to lock in a, a contract like this, but I do think it's a smart play. I think he's a good player, and like we talked about. I mean, you need someone to play defensive lines. So lock lock up your your players who you want to keep around now because they would just if he has a good season, he would just be more expensive next year, and you still need to either import him or draft or uh, you know sign him to a, an even higher contract or another player to an equally high free agent contract. So um, yeah, I think it's a great move. Um, you know, he's a good player. Um, I, I don't you know I don't know that it's. Uh, I like that it's an extension on top of this year, so it still keeps his money low for this upcoming season, which is kind of nice for some cap flexibility. Um, and yeah, I'm glad it was, it was, nice. it was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise, I guess, but I, I think still pleasing to see, uh, all, all things considered. Last thing to talk about, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, is another football game. The Ravens <laughs> now have another game to, to go to, and I am I'm so scared. I'm so afraid. It is uh, at the Washington Commanders on Monday night. I hate that field. Everybody hates that field, even the Commanders themselves. And I don't want first stringers to play. I don't want second stringers to play. I don't even want Brandon Stevens to play uh, in this particular <laughs> game on that particular field. They're going to have to play some players. Uh, and the only thing I need to see out of this game is no major injuries, as you say, in every preseason game. But this field has taken... Many a player before, including many a Raven, uh, maybe most famously, most recently, J.K. Dobbins that we talked about a little bit earlier. I don't care if they lose 50 to nothing. Uh, streak <laughs> over, commanders with some bragging rights. Jace has to hear it from, from the crew that the D.C., you know, they're, they're better than the Ravens this year. Just look at the... I don't care. Sorry, Jace. I, I you know... I just don't want to see anybody with a major injury. Uh, anything at all that you guys want to touch on briefly about what you'll be looking for uh, out of this game, aside <laughs> from just healthy Ravens. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's get Gus on the bench. That's, that's number one. Gus back to the bench, for sure. Um, I think I mentioned it in passing, but uh sounds like I assume they're not going to play Tyler Huntley. So a lot of Josh Johnson, a lot of Anthony Brown. I don't know how much you can learn from that. So, yeah, in keeping with that theme, I would probably... Uh, sit say flowers as well uh, and uh, yeah I keep it as bare bones as possible I think uh, you know they barely started any offensive linemen I kind of expect a similar rotation of just the guys that are trying to win that job um, so that'll be interesting and then yeah uh, you know this is they're doing joint practices too in the lead up to this game so that's Tuesday and Wednesday Always seem to be fights at these. We'll see if there's a fight with the Ravens and the Commanders, uh, and if that spills into Monday. But uh, you know, outside of that, I don't think there's. T- oh, yeah, hopefully not too much to watch. Honestly, <laughs> I I just wonder what it'll take for the Ravens to protest playing the Commanders in preseason. Have a different have coach. Play- <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Because we play them every year because it it. It's the local team, what have you. Um, and also, I won't get too worked up about this, uh, even though that tends to be the way I, the way I go. But 
the Raven, I, Antonio, I'm completely with you. I don't care if the Ravens lose this game. I don't care if the streak is broken. It doesn't matter to me as long as people are healthy. But I have a feeling Commanders fans will take a <laughs> special liking to ending a Raven streak that doesn't matter because, and I, I know there are plenty of Commanders fans that listen to this and they are friends of this program and they are personal friends to the three of us. So I won't try and twist the knife too hard, but they do not like the Ravens because they are jealous. And I just think that sometimes <laughs> there's a little bit of that that it's funny because they're the historic franchise, but we're the franchise that looks at them and say, I just don't care about you at all. I just do not. I just do not care. But I could see some fans really enjoying breaking the <laughs> the historic preseason streak for the Baltimore Ravens, and I will not be here for it. And I'm sure I'll get myself worked up about it for a good 15 minutes before I tell myself to calm down because it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I do think Commanders fans are a little out of control now that Dan Snyder's out of there. There's a little <laughs> there's a little too much optimism for a team. We that's we, we can't do, we can't do this now. <laughs> The podcast is ending. We can't do this now. We we got the over unders pod coming later. We can do it then. Uh, true. We true, cannot true. do it right now. Keep that keep, in the keep them in check. <laughs> got to keep them in check, Jay. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us here on Pod Like a Raven. Obviously, with the game coming Monday night, we will record Tuesday, which means you lovely listeners get the show on Wednesday. So look out for it next week as we get closer and closer to the start of the regular season football for the Ravens. For Tim Horsey and Jay Sevens. I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you so much for listening to us. As always, on Pod Like a Raven, we will see you next week. <laughs>